Welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast. I am your host, as always, Andrew Pearson, bringing you all the action from the third ever Marbula One Grand Prix from Mo Motorway, the home of Team Momo. With the Mo Motorway being one of the fastest tracks on the calendar, we needed some expert analysis to take on this incredibly technical and high-speed circuit. So tonight, we have with us, as always, so far... Our ever faithful friend and Mobular Aussie Rules star Darren Dazagunderson, live from Perth, Australia. Good evening, everybody. It's a pleasure to be back in the fold. How's you all doing? And joining me in the studio for the first time, we have millionaire playboy, former motorsport world champion, and the man responsible for all of the best coverage and commentary from the Swedish coverage of Mobular One. It's Kimmy. Hakalainen. Uh, good evening. It's lovely to be on the show. And after such a scintillating Grand Prix, there is only one place to start, and that is with the number one placing. Can we believe that um, Balls of Chaos dominated the race pretty much from the off, leading all of the races bar the first few seconds of uh, lap one? An amazing result. We've seen nothing like it in the first two races. It's It's been back and forth pretty much through all the places, but, but Balls of Chaos simply dominated this, this technical and tricky circuit. Where did this pace come from? That, my friends, is what you call raw natural talent. Clutter has shown that I think he is just ever so suited to these very, very fast, uh, incredibly dangerous courses he he as the name suggests balls of chaos where else are they going to shine except in a course where if something goes wrong it's going to go majorly wrong uh he took to that course like a duck to water and and flew off into the distance if that's not mixing my metaphors a bit too much yes this was a very exciting race from start to finish you had to keep up with the action minute to minute Otherwise, you missed it. Kimmy, as a former world champion in motorsport, does it take a special kind of competitor to be able to pull out this kind of victory? Yes. Uh, oh, um, okay. Uh, D- Darren, do you have anything else to uh, add on the subject of Clutter's amazing performance? What I do have to say is that I think now this is really throwing the cat amongst the pigeons. Right now, nobody can feel safe that through previous performances they understand what the competition is. You have to remember, Clutter scored zero points on his first run and didn't look like challenging anything. This performance really is sprung from out of nowhere, uh, and I don't think anybody could see it, and I think that really changed the landscape of Mobula 1 going forward. Well, let's quickly talk about two teams who maybe didn't have quite as a spectacular race as uh, Balls of Chaos, but still did pretty amazing things during the race. That's both... Um, the Hazers uh, and the Green Ducks. Uh, both these teams either started well, uh, in the case of the Green Ducks, lost places and then came back, uh, or in the case of the Hazers, were starting from a very high position, dropped terribly, and then came back to finish on the podium for the second time uh, in the three races. Uh, what do you attribute this kind of ability to, to come back or, or to fight back from adversary? Well... I think when you see a new team like the Green Ducks doing so well race after race, it's clear to say that they have found their niche in marble racing. This is a team that does not know when to quit. 
It is exciting to watch them race after race, see where they finish, see how they progress through the series. It is one of the most spectacular things I think I have ever seen. And I think the flip side of that is that actually a team like the Hazers, well, as you saw, they started off from an unenviable position in third, but then dropped pretty much all the way to seventh, uh, and then had to fight their way back, uh, and only really got back to where they'd started from uh, by the ninth lap out of twelve. Really, that's quite an impressive uh, fight back, uh, considering the teams that they were against. You know, we're not talking about, you know, easy pushover teams here. Um, you, you've got the likes of Team Primary, the Green Ducks, as we said, who are, who are proving themselves in this particular uh, genre of marble racing. Um, the O-Rangers, former Marble League, uh, sorry, Marble League winners, uh, Savage Speeders, Team Galactic. These are, you know, these are teams that are hard to beat, but they seem to be able to do it week in, week out. That's impressive, whatever way you look at it. Well, and speaking of Team Galactic, I guess we should have a look at what their race was. Um, winners of the first race, I think a lot of Team Galactic fans were looking forward to a season uh, at the top of the standings, but, you know, a, a slightly disappointing second race. And, you know, maybe we could have expected a bit more from Starry in this race. They, they started um, from, was it fifth? Uh, and finished seventh. So, you know, they didn't drop lots of places, but they didn't really gain tons of places either. Uh, it seemed to be a fairly constant fight throughout the race between them uh, and the Savage Speeders, which is turning out to be a bit of a Marbula 1 rivalry, as it seems. Um, what is it um, about Team Galactic that's that's prompting these kind of constant finishes, but, but not exceeding expectations and getting back into those medal-winning positions? Listen, Andrew, if I'm completely honest here, I think it's a training issue. Uh, Team Galactic, they have some of the best-funded, most well-equipped training areas uh, of all of uh, marble racing. I think the problem is of, is the location. They, they simply don't get to experience the kind of conditions that actually happen in a race. Sometimes they're going to fall on their good side, uh, like in the first race where they were able to, uh, you know, actually use that training, that, um, you know, the, the way that they've, they've built their racing style around, and, and it works. But it's not going to apply to every race, and I think that's what we saw at Mo Motorway, and I think that's what we saw at the O Raceway. Realistically, they need more real-world training and less virtual training. Uh, it's it's all one thing to know the tracks, you know, like the back of your hand, but when you're not used to actually racing on the surface, uh, marble to marble, it, it's going to be difficult to actually replicate that in the middle of a race when you're under pressure, forward, back, side to side. Uh, you know, Team Galactic... They need to change something up. I don't know if I can tell them exactly what it is, but I would start by, you know, bringing it closer to the actual conditions that you're going to be racing under. Well, that's an interesting point you bring up there, uh, Dazza. What we do have on the line is the coach of Team Galactic. Uh, hopefully uh, he can hear me. Uh, we've had to patch through several satellites to try and get through to him, uh, but hopefully he is on line one. Are you their coach? Um, you're sounding a little muffled there, Coach. Uh, we'll we'll try and um, uh, get one of our tech boffins on that and try and see if we can um, get you through a bit clearer. But in the meantime, um, Dazza has brought up an interesting point. Do you feel that your training methods are maybe a little out of this world, if uh, that's not too bad a pun? Um, should you be really training back on real-world conditions rather than you know with some of the simulator work that you've been relying on recently?
Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I don't think we got that, Coach. Um, is there any thought um, to maybe switching up team personnel at all? Uh, well, sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> Looks like we couldn't uh, get that line sorted to the Team Galactic coach. Um, I hope somebody somewhere can understand what was going on there. Uh, I certainly wasn't one of them. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, let's talk about uh, last week's host. Uh, this week, well, a, a race of many parts, shall we say, the O-Rangers. Now, now, Andrew, like, I really want to just step in here. I, I'm, you know, as a marble personality I spend a lot of time on social media and I have to say some of the things I have seen directed at Clem this week are just totally disgusting absolutely unnecessary accusations of cheating uh, stopping other marbles accessing the conveyor belt to stop their lap I I can't I can't begin to tell you how this can be mentally draining on a professional athlete who has to deal with the kind of trolls that Clem has had to deal with this week. It's its absolutely beyond the pale. Absolutely disgusting. Well, I, I'm glad that you feel so strongly about it. I, I too have to say that I, I felt that a lot of the attacks were unwarranted. Uh, certainly nothing illegal happened in the race, uh, and I don't believe that anything was deliberately done either. Um, Kimmy, do you have an, an opinion on this? Okay, what, what, what was that? That is water you're drinking out of that bottle, isn't it? Uh, yes, totally. Um, I believe that Clem is an honest competitor and would not do anything like this to another marble competitor um, in a race. Uh, I, I feel like the behaviour of some of these fans should warrant a lifetime ban from the stands. Well, perhaps we can talk about something slightly less controversial uh, next. It's the uh, Limers. Uh, I have to say I was very impressed. I, I felt they went a little bit under the radar this time in, in terms of their performance because their overall result was, was fairly poor. But um, there was an amazing amount of defence um, from um, the Limers in this race. Uh, starting fourth, they dropped down you know, in the first three laps um, and maintained a really steady position despite furious uh, attempts by a lot of other marbles to try and pass them up. And it, it really wasn't uh, until you know, nine laps in um, that they dropped from eighth down to tenth. Uh, I think just sheer fatigue from having to fend off the Rojo Rollers and the Snowballs, uh, who were both um, started from, you know, uh, either lowly positions or dropped right down to last um, and, and come back. You know, should we be picking out these kind of performances over, say, uh, you know, uh, an, an incredible comeback like um, Clem from the Arrangers? Well, if some of the rumours are to be believed, it seems that Sublime was actually running with an injury right from the very first lap after a strong qualifying performance. This would certainly explain why he was unable to go on further from his strong qualifying performance and eventually ended up in just 10th place scoring a single point for the team. I can see that Kimmy's got the same sources that I do. I too have been hearing that uh, the Limers were unfortunately suffering from an injury. Uh, potentially a double injury we'll have to see going into the next race. Uh, but Sublime definitely seemed to be struggling somewhat. Uh, unable to keep up the top speeds. Uh, and that's ultimately what cost them, I think, in the race. Uh, it'd be interesting to know, really, uh, if this injury rumour is, is anything more than that. Well, as luck would have it, we actually have one of our roving reporters on the scene at the medical centre of the Limers. Uh, I believe he is speaking to the public relations officer uh, for the team. Um, let's go over live to... Oh, God, it's Ian, isn't it? 
Let's go live to Ian on site. Um, yes, here I am at the uh, medical centre of the Limers. Uh, I am speaking to um, Cindy Williams, who is the public relations officer for the Limers. Um, Cindy, can you tell me about the condition of Sublime, please? Yes, yes. Uh, there is absolutely no truth in the rumour that Sublime is injured. Uh, we, would, we would never let one of our competitors out into a live event knowing that there was any chance that they could be hurt or could exacerbate an existing injury. There is no way that we would uh, risk the health of any of our marbles in that way. Um, uh, Cindy, what's that sound coming from the, from behind that door? Um, that's, that's nothing. I uh, don't listen to that sound. Uh, that's just uh, mice. Yes, I'm afraid we have some mice in the drywall. They make that strange cracking and screaming sound. Um, it's absolutely nothing to do with what you've come here to talk about. No, nothing at all. Um, are you sure? Because that really does sound like a man screaming, if I'm completely honest. No, no, definitely mice. Absolutely, 100% mice. Very big mice. Very, very big mice. Lots of them. Um, yes. Lots of very big mice. Oh, well, that explains that then. Uh, sorry, no news over here for you, Andrew. Uh, back to the studio. Yes, thank you, Ian. I'm sure we haven't missed any details there at all. Anyway, back to the race. Uh, let's talk about, uh, again, you know, along with the Limers, let's talk about two other performances that possibly uh, haven't been getting the plaudits that they probably should have, uh, and that's the Rojo Rollers and Snowballs. Um, Two equally impressive comebacks, um, kind of for different reasons. I, I guess you could probably um, probably class that one as. I'm really glad that you picked this up, Andrew. Actually, um, the Rojo Rollers, who were one of my one of my picks, if I'm completely honest, at the start of the season. Um, well, they started in uh, I think it was uh, ninth place, and after the first lap, were dead last. Um, Quite an unfortunate turn of events, you know. They, I'm sure they'd have been hoping to gain places, not not lose all of them from the start. But um, through a, a series of quite brave overtakes, interesting lines, um, following drafting, uh, making full use of the speed boost, um, they managed to claw themselves back up uh, into, I believe it was eighth they finished. So, so in fact, by the time they actually only increased their uh, points tally uh, by the singular place, but actually the amount of uh, marbles they had to overtake to get that done is is truly remarkable and I, I think it's a, it's unfortunate the cameras didn't really uh, pick that up as they were focusing mainly on um, you know the the balls of chaos out, outright domination at the front and, and some of the uh, other midfield action between the, the likes of the O-Rangers, Team Galactic, Savage Speeders. Um, really we should be looking for these kind of performances and focusing them on more. I, I think the the real action in this in this uh, uh, in this series is actually coming probably close to the back. Yes, I feel like um, this, this, this is the the real action in in the sport. A team like the Snowballs coming from the big back back of the grid and 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 scoring uh, uh, not a lot of points, but. Um, some points from a lowly position is is what this series is all all about. Jesus, will somebody get that bloody bottle out of his? I mean, uh, well, I, I guess we should round out the uh, show by uh, talking about the uh, teams, probably the most disappointed teams um, at the end of the day. Um, 
probably, well, it's the curse of host, isn't it? Um, Team Momo finishing dead last after not the greatest qualifying either. They uh, they stayed dead last for more than half of the race. Uh, there's not much to be picked from uh, those bones, unfortunately. Um, probably just as disappointed were uh, Mellow Yellow qualifying midfield and then, um, you know, dropping down early, fading a comeback and, and not really getting anywhere. Um, Paul Rasby Racers, who I, I think were placing as high as uh, around seventh uh, at the start of the race, and just an unfortunate series of events saw them sort of drop down um, mid-race, nearly start to gain a couple of places back, and and then unfortunately drop really hard in the last uh, the last lap. Realistically. Um, but I, I think we've got to award our um, trophy of disappointment to Thunderbolts, um, who qualified, uh, I think it was sixth, uh, and then to end up, you know, four from the bottom. That's a really bad race. What is it that's affecting these teams? Is it, is it purely a confidence thing? Has been. Oh, Kimmy, are you... He's passed out, isn't he? Uh, Darren, maybe you can summarise this race for these teams. Sure thing, Sport, I can do that. Uh, I think all of these teams are really lacking confidence. Um, it's been one thing after another for them, race after race. They, they've not had the luck, uh, they've not had the results, and, you know, confidence breeds success. And at the moment, these teams are not confident in success. Well, thank you for that brief, but uh, I think particularly on the money uh, summation there uh, of the, the final finishing teams uh, from the third round of the Marbula One Championship. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you very much to my guests, uh, Darren Dazagunderson. My pleasure. And uh, just a reminder of everybody to tune in to watch Australian Marble Survivor with yours truly, premiering this Thursday, 8pm. Uh, and thank you to our other guest, Kimmy, who I'm sure we'll all thank profusely once he actually wakes up. Um, next week, we will be bringing you all the action from the Hive Drive, home of Team Hornets, and seeing whether the curse of the hosts lives on uh, or whether they uh, can break the seemingly inevitable uh, lack of results that hosting a race uh, will bring. Uh, and who else brings us all the uh, surprises and thrills and spills from another round of Marbula One? Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.